The title of my message is Qualifying the Called. I was uh, talking to Brent, my son, last night, and he goes, so do you have a koala? And I said, what? Do you have a koala for qualifying the called? And I said, get out of my face. <laughs> so I open this with a question. Have you ever felt unqualified or ill-prepared to do something that God has called you to do? Or just in general felt unqualified for a job, a job promotion, um, a school God might have called you to go to, just something different in your life? I had, this is where I started crossing stuff off, so I've got to kind of make myself uh, go back to where I need to be. Um, I can remember a time here at Calvary. It's probably been close to 25 years ago. Um, I had been serving in many different roles. Um, I'd been a deacon, or I'd not been a deacon. I'd been a, I'd been a trustee off and on. I'd been teaching uh, Sunday school. I was involved with student ministries. But I so wanted to be a deacon. I, wa I wanted to be a deacon at, I don't even know how old I was. Um, I wanted that so bad that I had told God I wasn't going to serve elsewhere. Um, until he let me be a deacon. And you know what? I was an idiot. Um, I had to relinquish that to God and say, God, please bring me up, train me, qualify me, and call me if that's what you want me to do. And uh, so, yeah, he, he worked in my life at that point. And, and gave me some of the qualifications that I needed. Uh, still growing today um, in, that, in that realm. The one, the one thing, and it's not the, the verse that I'm going draw right, to draw back to, because uh, we are going to go into Exodus very, very briefly, uh, but there is a section in 1 Corinthians um, chapter 1. I had a page worth of notes here that I was going to do, but I didn't want to pass up on this scripture. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, beginning in verse 25. It says, For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For consider your calling, brothers, that not many of you were wise according to the worldly standards or fleshly wants. Not many are powerful, not many are of noble birth, but God chose the foolish in the world to shame the strong. God chose the low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. The key there is verse 29 so that no human might boast in their own self, that they might boast in what God has done in their lives. Uh, like I said, I had a list that I had gone through of, of like 20 Bible character accounts and how they didn't measure up, how they didn't qualify, but how God 
used them in spite of themselves. Um, and the one that we're going to talk about today is Moses. Um, what, 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 what was Moses' shortcoming? What was Moses' shortcoming in the Bible? Well, if we go to Exodus chapter 4, and we drop down and, and start reading in chapter 10, Moses said to the Lord, Oh, my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither now nor in the past. How many of you know what, what Moses suffered from? Moses stuttered. Moses could not speak as most of us can clearly. Now, I, I did some research on famous stutterers other than Moses. Do you realize that Elvis Presley had a stuttering problem? Did you realize that Joe Biden has a stuttering problem? Several others, I've probably come up with a list of 25 or 30, but those are the two. And the one that I remember, and some of you aren't old enough to remember this, but there was a TV show on back in the, oh, I'm going to say the late 70s, dating myself. Um, the Maltillis Show. Everybody, anybody remember the Maltillis Show? Maltillis was a country singer who had a television program. That's how he opened his monologue every week. Well, I'm Maltillis. But he was a great performer because he was able to overcome that stuttering problem. And so did, and, and so Moses, back to the, back to the verses here, Moses had a stuttering problem, so he thought of himself as disqualified to do God's work. If we back up a little bit in the scriptures, um, and I'm not going to try and do this because I want to get out of here sometime today, um, we find out that Moses was a big excuse maker as well. He always had a reason why he couldn't serve the Lord. Uh, this portion comes right after the burning bush experience in, in Moses' life. But in, in the first um, 12 verses, I'm sorry, in the first 10, nine verses of chapter 4, the Lord gives Moses a number of signs that he can perform, that he can do in order to, to number one, let himself know that he's qualified, but to also let Moses' people know that he's qualified. He has a staff. He tells him, to do what with a staff? He says, throw it down. He throws it down and it turns into a snake. It turns into a serpent. The Lord says, pick it up. He picked it up by the tail and it turned back into his staff. He says, take your right hand and put it inside your cloak. He put it inside of his cloak. He brought it out. It was leprous. Scared Moses. He said, put it back inside your cloak. Slid it back inside. He says, now take it out. Take it out. Clean as my hand is today. Well, probably cleaner because, you know, I'm who I am. But he had, he had, he had, taken, the, the, he had taken the leprosy away from him. He had given him signs to prove that he was worthy of the call on his life. Again, in chapter 10, he's got an excuse. Well, Lord, I can't do that. I can't talk. The Lord says in... Um, 
chapter 11, who is it that has made man's mouth? Who makes the mute or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Is it not I? Is it not I, the Lord, who has made those people? Now go, therefore, and I will be your mouth and teach you what to speak. Pretty simple. God's going to take care of it. He says, here's who I am. I've chosen you. I'm going to make you the creature, the speaker that you need to be. Well, you know Moses, the skeptic that he is. Chapter 13, this will be the fourth time. We didn't cover all the other three, but this is the fourth time that Moses tells the Lord no. He says, Oh, my Lord, please send somebody else. I can't do this. Please send somebody else. Been there? Done that? God calls you to something? You don't think you're prepared? Well, this didn't make God very happy. He was displeased uh, going on with the verse. This angered the Lord. And he said, is there not Aaron, your younger brother, the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is coming to meet you, and when he sees you, he will be glad in heart. You shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth, and I will be your mouth with his mouth and will teach you both what to do. He shall speak for you to the people and he shall be your mouth, and you shall be God, as, a, as God to him. So he brings Aaron, who can speak, who will speak, and says, here's your helper. Use Aaron to speak the words. I will give them to you. You can give them to Aaron. Aaron will speak to the people. No more weaseling out. That's the call. That's the call on his life. So, trying to make this short. So, how does this apply to us today? Through several different uh, podcasts, through several different uh, books, I won't say books because I don't read uh, unless I have to, um, podcasts and, and different things that I, that I went through uh, in trying to prepare for this, um, one of the podcasts that I want, watched was um, this young, young man, uh, I can't remember his name to be really honest, he said, and we've all heard this saying, um, and not to be cliche, but it is a cliche, if God leads you to it, he'll see you through it, um, which basically means he'll equip you, qualify you, help you adjust you, maneuver you, and see that you make it to the call that he's placed on your life. Remember, it's got to be his call on your life. The second thing is, there are things, callings that we experience, and I kind of asked this question earlier, where we say no, no, I'm not going to do that, or 
can't you send somebody else? And again, God says, I will equip you. I will complete my call on your life if you can only trust and obey what I'm telling you and follow my direction. And finally, third point of this, he's already sent somebody to help us. If we have trusted Christ as Savior, which I pray all of you in this room today have, he's already sent us a helper. He sent his Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit will work in you. He'll work through you. He will equip you and qualify you for whatever it is that God has called you to do. Sounds pretty simple, but it's life-changing. So again, back to the Christian cliche. If God calls you to it, he will see you through it. I find it amazing, and I'm going I'm to pick on Jason Nash a little bit, how God has used them. They shared this morning how 16 years ago they pretty much thought they knew where God wanted them. And guess what? That's where, it's at. That's where they're at. But it took 16 years. I can, I, some of the other stuff that I was reading and relating to um, when I was preparing for this, and it wasn't even in this, but it just came to my recollection. Um, it took Jesus 30 years to really get into his ministry. It took Moses, I think I read 90 years before he led the folks through the wilderness, 90 years. It took Abram how long before he became Abraham and had a son? I think he was in his 90s as well. It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen today or tomorrow. But if it's in God's will, he will work it out in your life. So I close with a question as well. What's God calling you to? What is he calling you to do? Might not be today. Might be something that he's brought up in the past. Is he calling you to work with youth? I know Pastor Preston would love it if he's calling for you to work with youth. And I get a big nod and a thumbs up from his wife. Is he calling you to lead a life group? We've got a half a, well, we've got a dozen life groups. We could use a dozen more. Is he calling you to be a leader in a life group? Is he calling you to serve in a spe specific ministry? Is he calling you to be a full-time missionary? Because we're all missionaries on the outside. We're, we, if we're Christians, we're all full-time missionaries. Is he calling you to vocational ministry of being a missionary? Maybe it's something as simple as he calling you to get baptized. And the one that would be the neatest this morning, is he calling you to accept his son Jesus Christ as Savior? That's a call on your life. That's a call of the Holy Spirit 
convicting you of your need of a Savior. I would pray that one of these would ring in your lives. Because God will equip you for what he has called you to so that you cannot fail. I'm going to back up just a half a second. Um, My desire to be a deacon 25 years ago obviously has come to fruition. But I'm growing daily. Um, 12 years ago, when Pastor Tom first came to Calvary, we had our first deacon retreat out at uh, Tamarack. And we'd set through the Friday evening session. And uh, he's, his, his closing statement of the evening, and several of you men were there, was, so in the morning I'm going to expect each one of you to give an account of what your devotions were for the day. I know I wasn't the only one, but I know my head hit the table because I wasn't reading the Bible on a regular basis at that time. I was serving as a deacon because that's what you guys had voted me to do. I wasn't growing. And again, not to pat myself on the back, but the Lord convicted me at that point that I needed to be in his word every day. And I know Pastor Tom has shared this before, not naming me as the person But for the last 12 years, that's what I wake up to every morning, is a chance, again, to get in his word and to grow. And he's being, he's equipping me, he's equipping you every day if you're in his word. I'm going to close with a prayer found in Hebrews. Begins in Hebrews 13, chapter, tw- uh, chapter 13, verse 20. It says, Now may the God of peace, who brought from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you for every good thing that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever." and ever, and everybody said, amen.